to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to this Man Up podcast number 177. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Uh, where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up. So find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We're still in the uh, COVID quarantine, so we are in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. This is uh, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, this is the No Church Answers Tour, so uh, <clears throat> we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. You know, we feel all men are leaders, you know, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church uh, community, um, but sometimes the lead dog needs to be fed, you know, spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com, or even at pray.com. We're glad that you're joining us. You know, I just real quick want to let you know why uh, Man Up, I feel so strongly about it, but and also um, why it's different. You know, I feel that a couples class is typically a woman's class that a man attends uh, with a spouse. Because when I attended, I always felt as if I was stifled. Men, on the other hand, we study hard uh, to be awesome. Uh, we train in sports, you know, to be awesome. We work hard to take care of it, of our family, and of course, be awesome. Um, and yet, it seemed to me like when I was in uh, uh, adult Bible fellowships or Sunday school class with my wife, it was, you know, no, now, honey, uh, let's not get so full of yourself. Well, here uh, in Man Up, if you're awesome, say it. You've earned it. You worked hard for it. But also, if you're hurting, need guidance and prayer, you can say that too. And I just wanted to get that out there. That to me, is the man up difference. And this is podcast uh, number uh, 177. And typically what we do is we go through a uh, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School lesson. We use uh, a lot of different publications. This particular one is from the Baptist Way Press. It's uh, Connect 360. It's called Living in the Spirit. And the subtitle is Righteousness peace and joy. And we're in the seventh lesson of that, living in the spirit. And so what I'm going to do real quick is uh, introduce our panel, and then we'll come back and uh, and get some uh, opening uh, overview from him. I want to start with, uh, he's our producer. He's a world-class policy writer and professional gambler. That's Mr. Steve Titch. Yay, Steve Titch. Uh, we also have online, he's an attorney, he's an attor uh, He's uh, also a prosecutor, we call him the judge, uh, Michael Cropper is here. You, Mike. Yep. Thank hey, you, Mike. Mike. Thank you, thank and you, guys. 
world-class corporate trainer. We got him away from uh, his conference. We, he's kind of the class theologian. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. Hey, Robert. <laughs> and my name is Bill Cox, and I'm basically a salesman, uh, contractor, and pretty much the director of this. So what I want to do is I want to start off uh, by getting an overview from each of the panel. And then what we do is we uh, we'll read the actual scripture and then go more in depth. So kind of like uh, unpeeling an onion. So we're going to start with the outer layer and start uh, get an overview from Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, I'm definitely on the outer layer of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is that? Way, <laughs> way that outer is. layer. <laughs> uh, we're we're still we're still in in chapter eight of romans they, they the author uh devoted some space to to romans in the in this book and uh we're going to talk about prayer which a, a lot of people talk about a lot of people ask about and it's kind of despite being so central um it's difficult uh, even and we we can look at you know Luke eleven one the apostles themselves the, the the original twelve raise their hand and say to Jesus right there Lord teach us to pray uh, it's it's not something we're always comfortable with yet here in in Paul Paul's already talked about it the earlier chapter that the uh, that the the stumbling block of sin has been removed by Christ's work on the cross. And now we have access to the Holy Spirit and to the Lord, to the, the Trinity, in essence. The, the Holy Spirit helps us with that access. And prayer is that key. The, the, prayer is the primary form of that access uh, to the Lord. And so that's my that's that's where I'm coming from. And I know it's it's the outer layer here. So uh, move us a little more inside. <laughs> uh, feel, feel, some, feel that layer off. Feel it right. Uh, Michael Cropper, go ahead. Yeah. And the onion. Yeah, Bill, we'll, we'll go back to lessons. Just a reminder of things real quick to set up for this lesson. The uh, the lesson text is short. I don't know if you mentioned it, Bill, or not, but it's Romans 8, 26 and 27. Folks, if you're listening and you want to go ahead and look at that or open your Bible to those two verses, which Steve is telling us about, it's a very interesting perspective on praying. Absolutely. And you'll see when you read those two particular texts, because it's not the uh, it's not the uh, uh, our father prayer that Steve was alluding to. It's quite different on how we're to pray. But anyway, just a reminder, a couple of lessons back, folks, we were we're set free by the Holy Spirit. Lesson five tells us the Holy Spirit frees us. Again, we're in the book and we're studying about the Holy Spirit. But anyway, the purpose of the Holy Spirit sets us free from guilt. Paul tells us it sets us free from shame of the sins we've committed in the past. And that specific scripture text says there is no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus and we walk according to the spirit and not the flesh. So then the question comes up again. It's been a question to me. It may not be to the guys, but it's always been a question to me. How do we walk in the spirit? What do we mean when we use those terms, walk in the spirit, the Christian vernacular? Well, uh, lesson six tells us one of the key things, being filled with the spirit or walking in the spirit means setting your mind on the things of the spirit. 
and thereby excluding the desires of the flesh. In other words, do not think about your selfish desires. And it's that simple, really, but it takes practice. It takes learning. It takes studying scripture. It, and, uh, and it takes time also. Now, we are coming up to uh, Romans 8, 26, 27, but just a couple of points I'd like to point out. Between the verses of lesson six and now of this lesson, there are some incredible principles that Paul points out in, in verses 12 through 26 about living in the spirit, which we covered in the last lesson. And here's some principles just to want to point to you and hopefully the last statement I make will tie in. So Bill, when Bill reads the lesson, it'll make sense to you. Paul tells us the Holy Spirit did not come to us to make us afraid or timid or shy. If we walk in the spirit of God, we will be a son of God. And God's spirit is so great that it will bear witness in our hearts. And I think we shared, each of us have shared with at one point or another that we sense God's presence sometimes. And Paul says the Holy Spirit will bear witness to our spirit that we are his children. And we are strong in him, that is Father God, and we will call him Papa because of this, this intimate relationship he places in us. And we will pray to him many times like that. So if we become God's children, we become heirs along with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is heir to the throne. And so we can expect a great inheritance in our future, and we long for it along with creation. Now, Paul had talked about in chapter 7 how difficult it is. We, we will suffer hardships, and it is difficult to serve the Lord sometimes in our flesh. In fact, he says he had a very difficult sometimes serving God. His flesh would often win out. But the fact is, and he says even our the whole earth looks forward to a time when Christ will come back and a new earth will be here or a new Jerusalem will be here. And, and again, this is in the scriptures just prior to today's scripture. And he says this life is a struggle which we have, but we eagerly wait to be set free of our mortal body and to be resurrected into our new body. And we will be free from sin, sickness, fear, and pain. Well, I, I don't know. Paul Paul says that, but I'm not quite to that point where I'm ready to get out of my body yet because I have a long life. I like Bill. I like Steve. I like Robert. I like the <laughs> podcast. But anyway, anyway, here's the key, folks. While we are waiting for the redemption of our bodies, we do often get weak and we do not know how to pray. And that's going to be the point of today's scriptures. <laughs> Bill will read to us. All right, Bill. Excellent. Uh, professor. Yeah, so I always find discussions on prayer to be very interesting because it, it's prayer is presented today has a time to go to God to get your shopping list fulfilled. You know, um, the girl on Hee Haw, Lulu Roman Smith, did a fantastic song in the 80s called Buy Me This, Get Me That. Mike's smiling because he remembers the song. But yeah, it so was... Yeah, so Janis Joplin, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, but buy it, me a Mercedes Benz. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But prayer is always viewed as that. And prayer is so, so much more. And this is one of the passages that really talks about what prayer is and what prayer is meant to be 
for us because it is our connection with God that we can only really make through the Holy Spirit. And so these verses lay that out and set it up so that we can have a discussion about that during this, because that's really what this is about. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. It's a short passage. It's Romans 8, 26 through 27. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, before I get back to the, uh, to the rest of the fellas, just want to throw it in. Um, I, I, a little background on me. Uh, my parents were Methodists. My grandparents were Mennonites. And so faith has always been fairly simple to me and I didn't really have a eureka moment, but it always seemed like to me, prayer would bring me now down a notch because I was either praying from pain that I needed help with, or I was praying from gratitude, having more than I actually deserved. So it always seemed like to me, prayer was one or the other. And maybe I missed the boat in the fact that I don't, I don't actually ever really remember praying for direction, which I probably should have, but maybe in the spirit, having the spirit in a person and being motivated to pray and connect, you are opening up to the spirit. And so it was always been fairly simplistic to me. And that's why I'm really excited about this particular discussion. Because when you think of someone praying, the vast majority of times, you're thinking about someone who is at their wits end. And the very last thing they can do is pray. And I don't think it's it should be that way. It should be one of the first things that you do and that's why i'm really interested in seeing what the uh what the rest of the fellas uh have to say on this so i i i pulled out my my uh key greek phrases book don't judge me <laughs> oh, okay but we already we already have we already yeah, have. I, <laughs> I know i know but 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 these are some of the key key not the greek words but the translations okay so take part with help or come to the aid, weakness or sickness, plead or intercede, sigh, groan, and groaning, unexpressed and wordless, search, search. and then appeal, <laughs> petition, intercede, meet, and approach. And I, I just, when I read those, because those are, those are kind of the alongside us, helping us along, wordless sighs, aching groans. I'm looking at the message. Um, 
knows our pregnant and keeps us present before God. None of that sounds like what we hear when we listen to some preachers, because some preachers are, you know, and, and the story was in the book about the uh, sick child where the family was praying and, you know, naming and claiming for three days straight that the child would be healed. The child died. Then they prayed and named and claimed for another three days, I think, or was it five before the, the uh, authorities basically came in and took the body right. from yeah. them. Yeah. And, you know, we often hear about this, you know, if, if, if you really want it, believe it and pray for it and it'll happen. And, I just don't see that in particularly in these particular passages in this particular passage. When you look at it, does God answer prayer? Absolutely. He does. You know, I, I always find it interesting if we look at historical prayer, you know, my, one of my favorite ones is, is Abraham. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to, I'm going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's wait, 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 wait. If I find 10 people who are righteous and follow you, Will you still destroy the city? No, no, no. Well, what if I find five? No, 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 no. Well, what if I find just one person? So he's in essence negotiating with God through prayer. Well, he's interceding. He's <laughs> interceding for the yeah. people of, yeah. of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, right, Robert? Which yeah, he's interceding for well, the people yeah. of Sodom and Gomorrah. But, you know, there's, there's all this discussion around today about, you know, what prayer is and what prayer should be and you know there there is a big group in christianity today that really wants to believe a name it claim it you know attitude about it and you know if your prayers aren't being answered it's because your your faith isn't enough you know but and those guys scare me quite frankly because prayer prayer is and after thinking about this it's it's coming into the presence of the lord it's not it's not a shopping list it's not something you you turn to i mean that it is it is portrayed as the last uh, i've got nothing left but prayer um i i was looking at richard foster and i'll talk about it a little later but martin luther according to foster spent 3 hours a day in prayer uh, John Wesley, two hours. This was an important part of their spiritual life, maybe the most important part of their spiritual life. And uh, they, I, I doubt, I doubt it was a hundred percent of the time uh, petitioning. Um, it literally is a walk with the spirit. Uh, sometimes you you walk with your friend. You don't talk about anything. You just go for a walk or you go for a walk with your wife and, and you just get the outdoors and enjoy the experience of being together. Sometimes prayer is that maybe that's the first and foremost aspect of prayer, just making room for the spirit. And what's remarkable about this passage here is that, uh, Paul says you don't really even have to articulate what's bothering you, or the Spirit will know it in a way. And it's kind of one of the the mysteries of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit will pray to God on your behalf, but the Holy Spirit is God. Won't get, you know, won't blow our minds there. But simply speaking, um, 
it's it's this idea of coming alongside God and and getting to know God. Uh, Foster writes, um, this is in Celebration of Discipline, where he talks about the various spiritual disciplines, and prayer, of course, is one of them. He writes, uh, in prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he wills. Progressively, we are taught to see things from his point of view. That's, I think, the point of prayer, not getting things. Um, you don't, you know, even, even from, from finite people, uh, you don't always get everything you want, but that relationship continues. And oh, excellent. excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact ManUp at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of ManUp. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 177. We are talking about <coughs> prayer, the frontier of faith is what this lesson is about. And, you know, uh, Steve, I I really uh, get that what you were talking about as far as uh, prayer, in a sense, being uh, kind of like uh, building the relationship with God as you are on this individual walk of faith. And I wanted to go ahead and get uh, Michael Cropper uh, in on this discussion as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the, the, uh, the verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps, <laughs> helps us in our weaknesses. And Robert pointed out some of the definitions of weakness. But weakness doesn't always mean that you're weak. It may mean that you're unfamiliar with the area. And, and in this case, the Holy Spirit is quite familiar with God. He's, uh, he is, in fact, from God. So uh, knowing when to pray or what to pray doesn't always, isn't always at our fingertips and always at our knowledge. So uh, when should we pray? I'm coming back and I'm going to refer a little bit to Steve's uh, uh, points. Uh, first of all, should we pray? Like, for instance, you, you all know my daughter, uh, my, my middle daughter had a baby that died uh, three years ago, and uh, and I went to see her, and they asked me to come back, and not some other people, and they said right off, we know, Dad, we're inviting you back, because we know you'll pray when you come back here. Now, 
what do I pray? They tell me that their their child has died uh, uh, right before birth. And uh, boy, that's where you, you guys know we've all experienced this. We've invited, been invited to pray for somebody who's sick or our family members are sick. Uh, I, I, I think Paul's reference to the coming of the earth and the struggle that we have with our bodies uh, makes mention of that and, and sort of casts that our direction toward that. And that's simply, there are times when we want to pray and we don't know what to pray. And we just say, oh, I, I don't know what to pray or, or groan. And, 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 and according to the scripture, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to pray for us. Even, and, and we don't understand what he's praying. Sometimes that groaning may be perfectly intelligent language to the Heavenly Father, but not to us. And, and when we groan, and I'd say, like, when she said that to me, I said, boy, said to myself, I don't know what to pray. Help me, Lord. And then I well, started I, praying for the comfort. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. You, but well, you understand I'm going at, yeah? I, I understand exactly what you're going with. And uh, I, I know the, the fellows have brought this up many times. And I think the last person to bring it up was the professor. And that is the fact that men are predisposed to fixing things. Absolutely. However, yeah. In, yeah. Moment, in moments like that, uh, people... You obviously you can't fix it, but you can comfort it. You can comfort add comfort to the situation. The mere fact that the leader is willing to step off of the throne to take time out and give comfort to a person that they are that's part of the people that they lead is additional comfort for that particular person. And I think oftentimes men don't understand that as a as their role. Of course, their role is as a leader, but a man's comfort is different from a woman's nurturing. And when they're willing to take time out and comfort, it's a big deal. Prayer by its very nature takes us out of our... It, it, okay, let me rephrase that. Prayer by the nature we're supposed to approach it with takes us immediately out of that fixing attitude that we have. Because like Steve said, and as he alluded to that, by the way, Celebration of Discipline, Richard J. Foster, highly recommended book um, for everybody. Um, but it is, prayer is supposed to take us out of that. Because one of the things that we don't seem to remember is prayer is a two-way communication. It's not just us talking to God. It's also supposed to be us listening to God. And, and I think that's, you know, in today's society in particular, we have a really hard time with silence. You know, and I, I won't ask for hands to raise, but I wonder how many people, I'm guilty of it, I freely admit it. You know, during the summer, we'll turn on the Astros ball game. That's part of what made COVID so difficult this year. Um, right. And it's not like we're sitting and watching the game. It's on in the house providing noise while we're running around doing our stuff. You know, and we have a hard time with silence in today's world. Silence and being still. And those are two of the things we have to have as spiritual creatures is silence and sitting still for a little bit uh, 
so that we can listen to God and listen to what God wants, you know, because our lives are quote unquote, so busy. You know, we were joking before the podcast started. I've been at a virtual conference for two days and I talked about how exhausted I was because I literally had one laptop running with my work stuff on it with two screens and a second laptop running my conference stuff on it. And I'm trying to maintain conference stuff and maintain work stuff at the same time because I'm too, quote unquote, busy to really shut down and pay attention to a conference where I'm supposed to be learning stuff at. And how much more so are we too busy to really sit still and listen to God as a part of that? And I think that's one of the problems we have as men is that. And I think that's one thing that this that these verses are talking about because we get tired in the waiting. We don't even like to wait anymore. You know, we don't wait because we, we have to have it now <laughs> as we look at it. I think that's one thing that's so important about nature and be and getting away and getting out. Just if you're outside in a park or uh, outside in the woods or just out for a walk where you're able to get away from everything and, and have that intimate fellowship where you aren't, con- you know, constantly being bombarded by, uh, by things that are grabbing for your attention where you're you're able to pull your antennas in and just observe and I think that's why uh, those kind of moments uh, are so important and I I think that's a a big part of a person's prayer life is sitting and and being quiet. I I think another thing that's very interesting guys I'm sure you all have all gone through this and, and somebody has asked you to pray again, it might be for someone who is healed, pardon me, someone who is ill, someone who's on a deathbed or whatever, and you've started to pray and you just felt a check from the Holy Spirit to tell you, stop, don't pray that way or do not pray that way. You just did not sense it to be the right direction to pray. And I, I'll give you an example of what I went through, but the Lord didn't stop me at praying for this, but um sometimes what we would do if we had a choice on our struggles, we would get out of them. And an an example that Paul talks about, we we possibly would not like to go through some struggles if we had a choice. In fact, I think we've all talked about in some of our podcasts, but oftentimes we do not understand why the whys or what is happening in our lives or what we do not see, but the Holy Spirit does understand that. And my example is this, my mother was a Christian. My dad was not. My mother died much too young that I think. She was 71, but my dad was like an iron post. He was strong. And once again, he was not a Christian. I did not understand why my mom, my mom died before him, because if it were my choice since she was a Christian, I would have had her live a lot longer, and I had given my life to the Lord by that time. But I cannot remember, but I'm sure I asked God, why? Why did this occur? Why her and not him? Uh, my dad favored my older brother. I have an older brother, if I haven't said, and my dad favored him because he was very similar to my dad in character. Now, in the next couple of years after my mom died, guess what? I became close to my dad, real close to my dad. And my dad had an operation, and 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 uh, I would often take my family to see him many times and encourage him. And and when he had a when he died, I actually had a much more difficult from him dying than when my mother died. 
Now, again, Romans 8, 28, 7 tells us that the Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. He knows things much more so in the future for us. He knows about our future, where we're going, and what's best for us. Well, God knew that I needed to get close to my dad, and that would never have happened if my dad had died first or died before my mother. So it's one of those examples where you we cannot see where we're going, and sometimes the Lord has to intercede for us, and, uh, and in this case, the Holy Spirit. And while I did not pray for that, it was clear that the Lord's hand was in the situation because I came, I became very close to my dad. Anyway, uh, Bill. Interesting. Steve Titch. Well, I'm going to say prayer is probably the weakest part of my game. Um, I certainly, uh, certainly should be devoting more time to it than I do. Just right. You know, here I am talking about Richard Foster and, uh, it, it's a, it, and it is, it means getting on a regimen. We, we literally, it is, it is the faith muscle you exercise. If it's, if it's, if, if faith is a muscle, prayer is like your bicep or tricep is the, is the, is the, is the, is the big one. And, uh, and, and frankly, uh, you know, we pray in church. I, I don't pray as much as I should. And, you know, I've been thinking about, why or why not? Why not? Um, and I think um, in part because I'm still steeped in this world a lot. You know, you, you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard step to essentially turn your face towards something you can't see and that is totally supernatural. It's, uh, yet I have heard testimony from you know if you want to call it that or or statements from others and they're not always all christians who say i prayed and this happened um i i know that again i i've talked to him the last about about him for the last few years john appeal who's a chaplain he was on uh one of our early man ups as a guest uh, as a chaplain in a hospital, he practically sees miracles every day, uh, and and um, certainly he's a, he's the spiritual leader or a, a one of the spiritual leaders at the at the hospital he works at. Um, and likewise, we talked to Bobby Delgado a a few weeks ago, um, and so I, I know from people people who are who you know you would see every day who have everyday jobs are rational will talk about prayer as an important part of their lives and as something that they see uh that can make a difference so i'm going back to myself and and that's a remarkable story story mike uh i i don't and i don't think i'm i'm that much different from a lot of people i i think you know it's uh, it's really getting started and trying to take it, uh, I'll be bold, take it more seriously than, than um, I do. And um, really, I, really, it's like, it's like starting, you know, starting a, an exercise regimen. So maybe that will be my, my accountability issue here with you guys. Does Steve praying every day, set in time to pray every day, uh, because it is it is not uh, it it is not something I'm doing as much as 
I want to be and really should be. You know, that's pretty interesting. I think, though, um, I don't want, would try not to be judgmental, but I hear people talk about, you know, praying without ceasing and this is this is how I pray and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, honestly, me eating three meals a day, that's probably an hour and a half. And obviously eating is pretty darn important to me. And I talk about eating well, but out of 24 hours, that's still only an hour and a half. And praying, it's moments with me. It's stealing a moment here, feeling the need or the urge there. <clears throat> I don't, I don't necessarily have a particular regimen where some people, they wake up, the very first thing they do is pray or journal or have quiet time. Um, I, I don't have that kind of regimen. I tend to exercise my faith as I go through the day. And this is a, this is a walk of faith with me. And... <clears throat> I, I, like, I like to think of it as, uh, I think Steve is the one that talked about it earlier. Uh, with me, it's a relationship. I'm, I, I'm leading this life. I'm trying not to run across the same paths twice. I'm, it's a journey. I not, I'm not exactly sure of the destination, but I'm absolutely certain of the way that I'm supposed to get there. And the way I'm supposed to get there is through faith. Prime example, this podcast. I knew when I talked with you guys, I knew that we were going to start it. I had no idea how long it was going to be, how long it was going to last, what, uh, what it would entail, any of that. But I knew it was going to be a walk of faith. And so that's kind of how I allow my prayer life to affect my life. And, and, I, and I think that's, it's obviously different for most people. But really, that's, that's how it determines me and my life. And and I think that's and and I think it's I think it's both. I, I think it's what what Steve talked about, which which true confession time. I do. We talked about it with the kids this past week because they're talking about in youth Bible study right now. We're talking about uh, the Bible as being God's word, and we're talking about the importance of reading your Bible daily. And I, I kind of tie all that reading Bible in my prayer, my quote unquote prayer time into being at the same time and i do fantastic with it monday through friday i'm horrible on saturday and sunday with it because i'm out of my routine and and i think part of it is it's like steve said it's a routine but it's also what you said bill it's the short snippets of prayer you know as you see the guy on the street who has nowhere to live you know it has has you know, you're listening to the news and you find out the guy in, around the corner uh, over here in Siena Plantation was shot 
in front of his 11-year-old child. You know, and it's those kind of prayers that we're called to make when it's talking about prayer without ceasing. In other words, you don't have to have a dedicated three hours of time Brother Lawrence would have, you know, every right. morning. But it is that constant communication. Should you have a dedicated prayer time? Yeah, you really should. But should you do a lot of the little things? Yeah, because put, put it this way. Um, if you needed to exercise and, and so you exercised for 30 minutes a day, but the rest of the day you laid in bed and did nothing. How, how much good would that 30 minutes of exercise every day do you, right. you know, versus that constant movement throughout the day that we have, you know, that does us a lot of good constant prayer throughout the day, little prayers here and there do us just as much good as that dedicated prayer time in the morning. Robert, I would Excellent. agree with you. I tell you what, I, I can remember, I know Bill, you're just about to do the, the break, but I can, I can remember when I started off trying to do these long, long prayers, I kept falling asleep. <laughs> I have that problem too. I understand this. <laughs> I, I'm, try, I'm trying to find an example. I had a, some time in the past, I did a, a Sunday school study of Ezra and Nehemiah. And uh, Nehemiah was a specialist in what the pastor called arrow prayers. Uh, I was trying, I'm trying to find an example and I'm not going to find one. I'm scrolling through Bible gateway, but every now and then Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And he will note, I, I, I called out to God for this. Um, yeah, and yeah. these little arrow prayers that <laughs> went up for the moment. <laughs> right. She shot them up real quick. Yeah. To heaven, huh? yeah. And, and, and God said, Mike, wake up. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. Uh, we will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 177. We've had a Fairly spiritual discussion, talking about prayer, and uh, this particular lesson was the frontier of faith. And go ahead and uh, continue on with prayer. And <clears throat> one thing that I would like to sh uh, to throw out is this: um, prayer. The vast majority of time, when you see it, when you see men's prayer, uh, it seems to me. It's, uh, it's looked on as weakness. And I want to just throw out there that to me, we should look at it as uh, gratitude and guidance as opposed with weakness. And um, the guidance in how to handle a situation because as men, as I've said before, 
we are looked on as leaders and there's comes a time when you, you still need to lead. You may not feel like it. And that's a perfect time to ask for that particular guidance. So, and with that, I'm going to go around the, uh, around the horn and uh, get some further discussion uh, with the professor. So, yeah, it, it, it's one of those, and, and I love the arrow prayer term. Um, and that's just the other prayer. The other term I've heard used is the 911 prayer, that those are also oh, very good. good. You know, that they're the 911, they're, they're, they're the prayer issued by the student, you know, that when the teacher stands up and says, we're going to have a pop quiz today. <laughs> you know, it, it goes back to the only... Y'all know there's no atheist in two places, and y'all know where that is, right? A student yeah. in front of a test and in a foxhole in the battlefield. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there right. are prayers issued all the time there. I was going to say around, around the uh, blackjack table. That's another one, too. But it is one of those things where you really have to understand what God is really doing and why prayer is so important as a part of it, you know, because those become incredibly difficult for us to understand as human beings, as far as when to pray and what to pray. And it comes back to that. And a lot of people like Steve even alluded to the disciples, you know, one of their big questions was Lord teach us to pray, <laughs> you know, and then right. one of Jesus's other teachings. And I think this goes back to, something Steve talked about, I think it was Steve, is Jesus compared two people praying. Does anybody remember the two he talked about? Mm. Well, the, yeah, the, the, the person praying at the prayer altar, right, who was yep. beating his chest, right? Beating his chest in front of everybody using big flowery words. Yeah. Now, yeah. Oh God, thou wast here when the world was created and I asked that you grant thee, you know, those kind of things. And then, you know, the second person was the person who's just kind of going about his day and praying and not making a big show of it. And he's telling you, be like that one. Excellent going to go ahead and uh, get some final uh, comments from the panel and uh, start with Michael Cropper. Um, um, I was making thoughts and listening to you guys at the same time. And uh, uh, one of the things the author says real clearly, well, first of all, how do we as men, what practical steps do we take if we're not already taking them uh, with our family and our friends and our leadership uh, or whoever, whatever, if you have the opportunity I, I remember a, a, a guy in a gym, a gym he's, he's a Catholic guy, and his, his son was dying of brain cancer. And I, I, I held his hand and prayed with him. We stopped working out in the, the uh, weight room. Of course, that, there was a small group of us, and, and, and I prayed. I prayed for his son to be healed. Now, should I do that? I, I believe so, yes. David, uh, David gave us that example when his son was dying. He prayed with him until his little boy died, the baby. And uh, and then we got up and he worshiped God. And, and so folks, should you pray for people if they're on the deathbed or if they're sick? I absolutely believe you should. And I believe it's important that you lead your family in the prayer, unless, I, unless you sense God doesn't want you to do that. 
So what, what you, should we pray for those who are ill? Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, if you're praying and you lead your family, confess before your family. Show them confession. Uh, I did with my kids. We'd hold hands. I'd say, Lord, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for giving us so much. Forgive us for our sins. And they, they grew up just assuming that they were Christians because of the way we prayed. And, and I didn't know how else to do that with them because I didn't know how. I was not a preacher. I was not a minister. I didn't know how else to do it except to show them how to pray or how I would pray. And we did that. And also you speak in normal language, just like we're talking right now on the podcast, folks. Um, uh, you thank God for your salvation, as I mentioned. Um, and as, 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 as I mentioned earlier, if you get, uh, get sleepy, First of all, if you really want to do practice praying, uh, first thing I would do is make a list of things you want to pray for and keep the phrases short, <laughs> number one. And number two, folks, uh, if, if, if you get sleepy after five minutes, stop, rest, pray another five minutes. In other words, it doesn't have to be a 30-minute prayer, an hour prayer, two-hour prayer, three-hour prayer. But like Robert said, you can pray while you're walking around. You don't have to necessarily kneel on your kneel before your bed or kneel in the living room. You can pray while you're walking, while you're exercising, even then. But anyway, the, the important thing is a man, uh, I would say, uh, show your family how to pray. Lead them in prayer if you're not doing that. All Excellent. Right, well, uh, some final comments uh, from you, Steve Ditch. Yes. Um, well, like you're saying, uh, Mike, well, the Lord's Prayer itself is really an outline. Uh, certainly, you can say the Lord's Prayer. No, 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 Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. But you can you can improvise around it. Uh, all all it has is that you can build your list as as you're saying. You've got you've got praise at the beginning, Our Father who art in heaven. You've got a prayer for alignment with His own will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. There is room for your petitions for your daily bread, and it's a re it's a prayer for forgiveness of yourself and others. And finally, a a a a something to keep you on the path of righteousness, deliver us from evil. Um, but throughout the Bible, and that's that's and here I am telling myself this. There are loads of examples. Of, of models and actual prayers. In addition to the Lord's Prayer, Ephesians 1 through 15, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 115, chapter 115 through 23 is a great prayer of thanksgiving. There's no petitioning in that. It's simply Paul thanking the Lord for the Ephesian church and the joy uh, the people have brought him there. The Psalms themselves what to pray about there virtually everything you would want to pray to god about is somewhere in the 150 psalms uh not only praise and thanksgiving and petition but but bewilderness anger uh confusion lord what why do you allow the evil to prosper and the good to the the good to be in poverty and to be hurt and to be sent to suffer um there's, there's, you, one can pray simply if, if one's at a loss for words, one can turn to the Psalms and simply uh, pray one of those. Uh, so here I am giving advice. It's well, I'm saying, hey, I'm not the best person to pray. But, <laughs> right. but uh, uh, these, there's, there's so many, there's so many ways to do it. And there's so many ways to, to, uh, uh, to practice and build a prayer life. Excellent. Uh, some final comments from you, Professor. 
So first of all, Steve mentioned uh, Nehemiah. Um, somewhere around podcast 20 through 27, 28, we actually covered the book of Nehemiah has kind of a, we, we presented it as, as God's project plan <laughs> or God's right. project manager um, rebuilding the temple. So if you want to hear a little bit more about that, there's some old podcasts you can go listen to. From ne- I knew we had done Nehemiah. It took me forever to figure out when we did it. Um, but do that. But the other thing is, is like Steve said, prayer is, you know, faith is a muscle that has to be exercised. We firmly believe that, you know, it's, it's considered a spiritual discipline, but one of the core beliefs we have is, has man up is that it is literally a muscle. You have to exercise your faith. And one of the chief exercises you have is faith. And Steve, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's more along the lines of a cardiovascular <laughs> part of it. Yeah. That, that you have to exercise it that much though. Mm-hmm. It's not just lifting weights, you know, like your study. I think there's a couple of cardiovasculars that we have to do. And, and I think, I think prayer is one of them because prayer is where we have that connection with the Holy spirit, you know, and where we make our connection with God. And so, you know, doing it constantly, like we've talked about, maybe, you know, you have your focused prayer time in the morning, but don't be afraid to have those constant prayers throughout the day with people. Cause I think those are the important ones. Excellent. Uh, yeah, only a couple of things that I would wanted to add in. I thought this was great. And I, I appreciate this discussion of uh, all you fellows and your different point of view. And that's what that what makes uh, man up so great. Um, prayer to me, um, three things, reverence, gratitude, and guidance. Be reverent when you're in prayer express your gratitude and ask for guidance. And with that, thank you so much on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, uh, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu. My name is Bill Cox. It's been great having you and thanks for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. This is the No Church Answers Tour. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archived all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And we'll be more than happy to go ahead and answer that. And if you're still in quarantine and unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a traditional Baptist service. You can find it on slbc.org. It starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class, and join that small group so you can have discussions like this. And find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one.
You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.